Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you had a restful lunch period. Uh, it's, it's often a time in retreat when we have those spaces uh, outside of, quote, formal practice that um, you know, the practice kind of sinks in. You know, even if you feel like you're, oh, geez, I'm getting a break, or I don't have to go in the hall or walk, you know, it's, you might notice that you feel a little more slowed down, or maybe there's a little permission to, uh, just to take a rest, you know, or, or even sometimes just going for a longer walk, or some of you may run as a practice um, in your daily life. Just, you, you just might no- begin to notice more uh, connection to whatever is in the present moment, sounds, sights, how your body feels, what's in your heart. So these are some of the fruits of practice, even, even early on in a retreat. Um, this afternoon, we're going to offer another practice that the Buddha taught, the part of Part of his teachings over the course of 2,600 years is, is called the loving-kindness practice. Or in Pali, maybe you've heard the word metta. Metta meaning loving-kindness or unconditional love. And why did the Buddha teach this? Well, there's, there's two ways to understand it. One is that uh, as we continue to practice mindfulness or, or engage in the wisdom practices, what will naturally happen is uh, loving-kindness, care will, will emerge. It, it's just a result of seeing things more clearly. It's kind of considered like the ultimate understanding, where it, it emerges on its own. It also can be cultivated, and that's what we'll be doing in these afternoons. Some of you may be familiar with this practice, some may not. <clears throat> We live in a relational world, don't we? We're in relationship with ourselves. We're in relationship with each other. And, you know, we, you know, just even from half a day of practice, it can be a challenge dealing with our own minds, never mind anyone else's. So it isn't, you know, this practice isn't designed to uh, go live off in a cave and have everything be purely working well. It's, it's really a, a support a foundational practice for living our lives. So one of the things the Buddha said is what we frequently think and ponder upon, this will become the inclination of the mind. So we know, you know, 2,600 years later, neuroscience tells us the exact same thing, as if it's a new discovery. But it is interesting to have that scientifically uh, verified. And what we might also notice in our minds that, not because it's intentional, but the mind reacts. You know, it, the Buddha talked about these three poisons of greed, hatred, illusion. The mind reacts with aversion, with not liking, with wanting to keep what feels good, or with spacing out. So it's interesting to note that in a state of aversion, the mind just can't see clearly. Now, if I were you and someone was saying that to me, I'd say, wait a minute, what are you saying, that anger's wrong? Uh, Of course not. But oftentimes it's uh, 
uh, afflictive states of mind that aren't really understood or met with clearly can actually have some pretty devastating results in the world or in our lives. So the Buddha taught this practice as a cultivation practice, the cultivation of loving kindness. It may sound a bit contrived, but actually it's considered a purification practice, a concentration practice, which very shortly I'll be um, instructing you in it. It is considered a practice that uh, helps to uproot or keep at bay ill will, hatred and ill will. One very famous quote some of you may be familiar with, hatred does not cease through hatred but only by love alone. This is an unalterable law. So sometimes you might, you might even notice already in your practice if things are arising in your mind, you don't want them to be there, and you're trying to like, how can I get rid of it? And there's that aggression towards what we don't like. It, it doesn't work that well. You've probably noticed that. So while it seems counterintuitive, what's it like to bring kindness towards our experience? All of it. So I would like to ask that rather go, that you go into your analytical mind on this one because there's plenty to discuss about engaging in a loving kindness practice. You know, because it's not like the purpose is like, oh, life is just so beautiful. You know, it isn't. It's actually challenging. It has beautiful moments, but it's challenging. So it's not, this practice isn't like uh, to make us stupid. It's really to... To, to start to see and experience what an unconditional loving heart is, what capacity it has. So in that, in that realm, the near enemy of loving kindness is actually, these are, these are English translations, so bear with me, but it's, it's considered attachment or desire. It's tricky because we don't want to get into a lot of negativity about attachment and desire, but really what that means, translated, is that when we wish ourselves or someone well and we want a result, we, it's conditional. It's, it's love that's conditioned. We want a certain thing to happen. So this practice is much more not expecting anything in return. It's really a purification of our own hearts. There's four of these, along with uh, metta, loving-kindness. There's four Brahma-viharas. They're called divine abodes, or the four immeasurables, because they're pure states. They're not colored by aversion, ill-will, greed, delusion. They're clear. So the first one is loving-kindness, or metta. The second one is compassion, or karuna, different qualities in those two. The third is called appreciative joy, where we actually do practices to um, delight in the joy of another. It's like a counter to jealousy or comparing mind. And the fourth is equanimity, equanimity which holds all of the rest. So for this retreat, we'll just be focusing on the loving-kindness practice. These practices are... uh, 
engaged in for long periods of practice, just doing metta practice or all four weeks, months, and we have five days. Uh, So we're going to focus on the loving-kindness practice. And within that practice, there are um, categories that, it's very structured, really. There are categories that we start with uh, what's called a benefactor or uh, someone that's easy for us to uh, express our goodwill towards, someone that isn't a conflictual for us. So sometimes people, I don't know if I know anyone like that, or sometimes a, a teacher will come to mind, or um, you know, a grandparent, even if they're no longer living, or you know, for some people they might even imagine um, a spiritual figure, like the Buddha, or for some people who might be in the Christian faith, Jesus. You know, it doesn't have to actually be a living person or even someone you have a personal relationship with. But that, that category is really someone who it's easy to extend your wish, well wishes towards. And I won't get into it right now, but there's several categories that over time you, you build on this. So there's the benefactor, and then we'll work with the self tomorrow, and then it, it goes on into different categories. So again, we offer this without any expectation of results. So let's, let's try it. So if you can suspend your analytical mind and just enter in, because you know, the Buddha himself said, don't take my word for it. Really, the way this practice is going to have any meaning for you or any true result is if you engage in it and see for yourself. So that's really what we're doing with this. So finding a comfortable position for yourself, if you need to adjust your posture. And maybe just starting to feel your breath. A sense of support underneath you. I'll take a few deep breaths if you'd like. So just to bear in mind, this is a concentration practice similar to when we bring our attention back to the breath, as you've been hearing the instructions earlier today. You come back to the breath or your primary object, in, or when you're walking, you come back to the sensations um, in your legs and feet. In this practice, you come back to the phrases. So it's, it's formally taught with a series of phrases. I'll, I'll offer you the phrases. If, if you... If you can't resonate with them, you can, you can come up with your own. It's just, just be mindful of the, the phrases aren't like, may you be free from that irritable quality that I don't like. <laughs> you know, or even someone you love dearly, like, may you stop drinking. I mean, understandably, that's, that's a, a, a loving wish. But it, you see how it, it has an expectation behind it. 
So we're really, it's really about just wishing another well. So I'll offer you these phrases. And essentially what the practice is, is we just repeat the phrases, not out loud in your own mind, and come back again and go through the series again. So one of the ways that uh, can support this practice is call to mind this uh, person. So just right now, call to mind someone who it, 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 it feels like it would be easy to wish them well, this category of benefactor, someone who's, who's been kind to you or cared for you, that you don't feel in conflict with. Now, for some people, this could be their dog or their cat. Perfectly fine. So as you call this being to mind, perhaps you can visualize them in your mind's eye or just have a sense of them. And I'll repeat the phrases, and you, again, go in your own cadence, your own timing. I'll repeat them several times so uh, you get a sense of them. So as you behold this being in your mind's eye or your imagination, may you be safe and protected from harm. Just offering that wish. May you be happy and peaceful. May you live with ease. May you be free from suffering. May you be safe and protected from harm. May you be happy and peaceful. May you live with ease. May you be free from suffering. And if the words feel cumbersome for you, you can just shorten it. Safe and protected. Happy and peaceful. Live with ease. free from suffering. So continuing with these phrases, 
it's helpful to keep them simple and repetitive. Just helps the mind focus, collect itself. And there's no need to be uh, disturbed if what happens is you're experiencing the opposite. Like, you know, even to the sound of my voice, like, uh, you know, or you, you're well-intentioned with the phrase, but really what comes up is a contraction or I don't like this practice. So the suggestion there is to just bring that loving-kindness to that. Like it's not something to get rid of. It's just like, oh, may I be at ease. Sometimes a little simple, it's okay. It's okay. It's just how it is right now. It's okay. And then just continue again. It's not like given a few wishes, we're going to suddenly feel this bursting open heart. So, so not to have any expectations, just simply engage in the practice. Simply engage in, you know, repeating the phrase. You know, if you can connect with the meaning of it, great. Sometimes you might not be able to. May you be safe and protected from harm. May you be happy and peaceful. May you live with ease. May you be free from suffering. safe and protected, happy and peaceful, live with ease, free from suffering. Just let yourself explore this, continue with this practice. And when when your mind gets distracted or it goes into discursive thinking either about this person or yourself or the practice, just like in the mindfulness practice, just come back. Whenever you notice that, no worries, no need to judge, just come back. Begin again. Start over. Connecting with the image of the person, the felt sense of them, the phrases. Just this moment, offering this one phrase. And we'll practice like that for a while.
And you might find that the four phrases are, are cumbersome or it's hard to connect with them. Maybe there's just two of them that you just feel an easier rhythm with just going back and forth between two. That's completely fine. Or for some, sometimes the words actually get in the way and they can just actually drop into that feeling state of wishing well. So you just see what what your own natural rhythm is with this.
And you might want to periodically just check in with your own body. If it, if it feels like there's tightening or tensing or striving, just take some time to take a deep breath, just to soften and relax. There's, there's no rush. There's, no, there's nothing to get to. We're just leaning into this practice without tension. And equally so, if you feel kind of distanced or removed or somehow you've kind of checked out, you can come back. You don't have to give up totally, just, okay, come back again. Come, Come a little closer in. Just be curious. May you be safe and protected from harm. May you be happy and peaceful. May you live with ease. May you be free from suffering in whatever way you experience that.
May you be safe and protected from harm. May you be happy and peaceful. May you live with ease. May you be free from suffering. Thank you for your practice. Uh, just just a word about uh, this gesture. Now, some so that may come naturally to some of you. It may be quite aversive to others. It's fine. It's not a requirement. Um, when you see, you may even see difference of teachers up here. You know, for me, it's just honoring each of you and honoring this practice. When I bow to the. Uh, image of the Buddha, it's really in gratitude for um, this this practice, you know, the, the all of you, and just the, you know, the privilege of being here. So that's, um, just to share that with you in case somehow that feels mm, disturbing to you. It's really, it's fine not to bow. So that said, we have a time period now for for walking, for those that um, are not in groups. For some of you, there will be groups right now. And again, just to recall that you go up the flight of stairs and you'll see, when you take a right, you'll see uh, 204, 203, and at the very end of the hall, 200. And can I just kindly encourage you to um, come as soon as you can so that we can all start on time in the group. So just, you know, if you need the restroom, just come right up to the group um, after that. And for those that are are walking, here's an invitation. You can actually continue to do this practice in your walking. So the difference is you're, you're basically doing exactly what we did here in the hall. You're bringing your attention to the phrases as opposed to the the sensation of the steps still have your walking space you know 30 feet space or so but you can explore it if you'd like you could do a whole walking practice that way you can stay with the same benefactor you can pick another one or you might just find that um, you're just aware of other beings and you extend that to others around you just just in your own you know focused presence you can offer that wish of wellness towards other beings on this retreat or if you want, you can do none of it. Just go right into your walking. Um, or you could just start with five minutes or so of loving-kindness practice and then move into the mindful walking. So there's some, some choice here. Um, and Explore and see, see how that uh, unfolds for you. So thank you again for your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.